just know you're not alone Cause I'm gonna make this place your News Radio 840 WHAS. Good Sunday morning. Bob Sekoler and the Louisville Real Estate Show with you until the top of the hour. Hope you're having a good morning as we get even closer to uh, Thanksgiving and the meals that will come with us today. Some great folks. First, we've got Chuck Crosby, who is the head guy over at the Crosby Law Offices. You can reach out to Chuck anytime on his cell phone at 499-6360. In for Randy Rocky over at Swan Financial today, we've got Andy Wilson. And you can reach Andy at 270-933-2280. And if you miss those numbers, we'll be giving those numbers out several times during the next half hour. So be ready for those. And me, Bob Sekoler, if you're thinking about selling your home, want to talk about a plan down the road next year, year after, the, whatever it might be, or just talk about buying and selling, call me anytime, 376-5483. That's 502-376-5483. If you want to see a rebroadcast of this show, head over to LouisvilleAnswers.com, www.LouisvilleAnswers.com, where you'll see the YouTube version of this, which also has our video as well. It's coming up a little bit later on in the ha- in your uh, in this show, in your house, do you have mice? Have you seen them? I am guilty of seeing those. It's a real problem, and we'll have some answers, uh, according to some experts, on mice in your house. First, we start with um, with Andy with a question that comes down from Carl. He heard our show several weeks ago with questions on mortgages, and Carl was building a new home. He had been pre-approved for the mortgage, but he failed, apparently, to lock in at the lower rate, hoping it was going to come down. But now, with interest rates up, he can no longer afford the home. So, a challenging one, Andy. What are your suggestions for our listener, Carl? You know, that that's pretty tough. Um, you know, maybe look at an adjustable rate for a minute. Um, you know, that's, I mean, he, you're in a pickle, right? I mean, it. Yeah. There, there's really, I don't, I don't know that there's really much that you can do other than if you can find a, like a 5 1 arm that's got a lower interest rate attached to it or um, what about a two, one you know, buy down? You could do a two to one buy down as well. So, so two explain to one buy what down. that is. Yeah. Explain for folks who don't know what that is. Yeah. So basically the seller is, is buying down your interest rate for two years. Right. So yeah. it's like a, it's like a step up. Right. Um, that, that really probably wouldn't work though, because, you've got to qualify based off of the end rate. So, mm. yeah, I mean, really, really, you're you're in a pickle there. Yeah, that one, that may be more difficult. You could go to a hard money lender that uh, you'll pay a little more in interest rates, but you might be able to float that way. That might be one suggestion. Yeah, no one said these are ever going to be easy questions, but welcome to the world of our radio show, Andy. So we're going we're gonna to move on because there's not much we can do on that one. Chuck. This is one, and we're going to change the name of the person who wrote the email because she is an area real estate agent. So Karen sends us this email. She says, um, recently she had a buyer that was adamant about submitting offers at 40% below asking price to see what happens. By the way, this week we put a home on the market at – we'll just say X amount of dollars. And an agent called me and said they had a buyer who wanted to submit 
maybe not 40%, but lower than uh, list. Uh, and in this case, we had multiple offers at, at least list and if not higher, um, just to tell you the mindset of what a lot of buyers are thinking these days. So anyway, so each time that Karen submitted the offers, offer for her buyers, the offer was rejected without a counter, which is basically telling the buyer, no, we're not even going to engage on this. But now this same buyer on this is asking Karen to submit three or four offers at a time to see if any of them are accepted. And she's wondering, is this practice acceptable in this current market? Offering three or four offers on uh, different homes at different the same homes. time. Okay. Yeah, sorry. I was thinking, oh, are we changing our names on each one or <laughs> yeah, what? Right, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, that that's uh, pretty dangerous, mainly because uh, what if they all come back accepted? Mm-hmm. Uh, you make the offer, you make the offer. If, uh, yeah, no, that's uh, just downright silly in my mind. Yeah, though I've, I've seen this happen at requests where a buyer is asking for, the agent to put in multiple offers, but ethically and morally, and Chuck back me up here, we're only to put in one offer at a time on one property. Because well, what exactly if I want to buy said. two? Yeah. What if I want oh. to buy two properties though? Are I mean, quali- are you qualified to buy two I, properties? I, that's, that's between me and them. And that, what if I just won the lottery last night? So I don't know what I'm saying is that, uh, and mm-hmm. no, I didn't win the lottery. Too bad, uh, but yeah. yeah, too bad. Uh, but uh, if I wanted to buy more than one property and say I was doing a 1031 and I needed to get a few properties in there, uh-huh. I don't see anything illegal or uh, unethical about doing it unless you're trying to game the system. It's what's the, what's the, uh, the motivation behind it. Is he only intending to buy one property? Well, at that point you're going to, if, if he really keeps pushing you uh, at the very least, I'd get something in writing saying, Hey, I understand these are the problems that could happen. Uh, that's just, it's asinine, uh, to do that. If all your problem, if all you're trying to do is buy one property, but I run across several situations where people do that in 1031s where, you know, they're doing replacement properties, uh, and you need more than one sometimes. Got it. Okay. By the way, if you are thinking about, uh, looking at reviews because reviews, like if you go to buy something on Amazon, I always read the reviews. Um, and many of them are verified though. I heard that Sometimes you can even game that whole system. But when yeah. you're dealing with Zillow or Google, you cannot game that system. They will knock you into a sandbox if any agent tries to do that. So check out our reviews. Go to LouisvilleZillow.com or LouisvilleGoogle.com. That's, we'll direct you directly to the <coughs> reviews that we have uh, online. We're really proud of them. All right. So uh, Nikki sent us an email. She says, and and listen carefully on this, Andy, and Chuck, you may need to jump in as well. Nikki says her name is only on the mortgage. The ex-husband's name is not. We're both on the deed. And now he is wanting to buy the condo and he wants to take over the loan, but he isn't on the mortgage, only on the deed. And he says, He's wondering how he and how Nikki can accomplish that by taking over the mortgage and taking her name off the mortgage. That's not such an easy thing to do, correct, Andy? Yeah, I mean, if if the name is on the mortgage, I mean, the only thing I guess you could do there is, is possibly refinance. Mm-hmm. Um, or I don't know, Chuck, would a quick claim? What about a quick claim there? 
No, uh, I don't know any bank that would do that. There might be a hard money lender out there that might comply. But the thing that I think they're conflating here is the the debt, the borrowing of the money for the purchase of the property contains two documents, the note, the promise to pay, and the mortgage saying, hey, if you don't pay, I'm going to take the house back. Um, You can be on the mortgage, and it really just means you you know, uh, had an interest in the real estate that you're subordinating to the mortgage company's interest. The question is, who's on the note? So if if she is the only one on the note, only the, the only one that promised to pay, I know of zero banks that will say, okay, we'll just swap it out. Um, that's, that's just not going to happen. The only way you can uh, do that is uh, do it without violating the due on sale clause, okay? Because the due on sale clause, if you convey a beneficial interest in the property to another party, then, you know, the bank uh, loan can come can come due. Uh, there's a couple of permutations here. First off, uh, if they were both on the deed at the time the mortgage was taken out, well, you know, conveying quit claiming to him may not violate the due on sale clause. Mm-hmm. But it's not going to take her off of the note. The mm-hmm. bank is still going to hold her responsible mm-hmm. if he doesn't make the payments. And it's a common question. People want to do this. And I explained to them, look, why would you why would you go off the deed and have absolutely zero control over the property, but 100% liability for the debt? Makes no sense to me. It does. Uh, it, you could possibly, this may be a, a solution, Nikki, is that he basically buys you out, but has to refinance with yeah. a new mortgage. That seems and, to be the only way. And what you do is you, you uh, coordinate the uh, purchase or the buying out and the new with the refinance uh, with the deed. So you don't give them the deed and then let him refinance. Uh, mm-hmm. You make that as part one of the conditions of refinancing. So they, they sign the deed at the time they do the refinance and it goes in first and then the new mortgage, it, it, it works out pretty well. And they're used to that kind of thing. Yeah. But uh, coming off the deed does not take you off the note. Got it. All right. We move on back over to you on this uh, there, Chucky. Sandy has a house that is vacant, but she still tries to take care of it. I get all of this. The neighbors filed a lien against her property with the city because they're saying that one of her trees needs attention in terms of either being taken down or trimmed back. So I thought you simply if you filed a letter, sent it registered to the neighbor, that puts them on notice. But these folks, have you ever heard of this where they filed a lien against the property for her to take this tree down? Okay, first off, the uh, individual owners can't file that lien. Before you can file a lien, you have to have some judgment, some something from the court saying, hey, you know, they're supposed to do this or they owe you X money, i.e. they went in and they fixed something that the seller did. They sued or the, the neighbor and they sued the neighbor, got a money judgment. Then they can file a lien. Now, they may very well have called down to the city and said, hey, this needs to be done. And the city might have come out and filed some liens, uh, but you just can't file a lien against your neighbor. So it may be the city that's filed the lien. So how would she proceed against in this case? Uh, She would call the city and say, hey, what do I need to do? Because if the city sees the tree like that and they say it needs to be fixed, that lien's not going to go away. And they're going to come out again at some point and they're going to file another lien. And those things add up. Yeah, 
be, take this to heart and seriously and try to work it out. I don't think a cheesecake diplomacy is no. going to work in this. No, this now. is a get an yeah. arborist out there to take care of the tree. Yep. And first find out from the city what they want to have happen. Get yeah. the arborist out there and then you can get the lead. Because there may be more things. If it's yeah. overhanging branches, if it's, uh, you know, general disrepair, just if, if they've cited several different items, fixing one isn't going to make the others go away. So let me ask you a question on this, Chuck. So if mm -hmm. the listeners that are out there right now think that a tree on the neighbor's property could endanger their lives or their home by leaning or falling. Do they call the city and complain and then the city takes yeah. it from there? Okay. Yeah, that's the idea. All right. uh, code enforcement exists for just that particular reason. It is against code to have a dying tree that is uh, likely to fall and damage people. Same thing with uh, houses that need boarding and, mm. and all that kind of stuff. The city will cite you. If you don't fix it, they'll throw money judgment or money liens on you. Uh, if you don't pay those, they can and take care of the problem because they keep coming back. Then they'll go in, they'll take care of the problem themselves and and then the big money piles up. All right. We're going to take a break on that note where the big money piles up and we'll be coming back with more of your questions and then the problems of mice in your home. Uh, with us till the top of the hour, Chuck Crosby, who is the head guy over at the Crosby Law Offices at 499-6360. Also in for Andy Rocky over at Swan Financial is Andy Wilson, who's a loan officer over there. You can reach Andy at 2709 Three three two two eight zero, and you can reach me, Bob Sekolder, anytime to talk about listing your home, getting uh, becoming a buyer, whatever it might be. And by the way, you can head to LouisvilleSellersTalk.com to see some of our video reviews, and you can call me as well three seven six five four eight three. We're back in a moment on News Radio eight forty WHAS. I'm Chuck Crosby, a real estate attorney here in Louisville with Crosby Law Offices. I've been practicing real estate law, fixing problems, and helping people for over 22 years. So if you're a buyer looking for advice, information, or professional closing services, call me. If you're a property owner, real estate professional, you have a problem, you just can't fix it, call me. If you're a landlord and you're having problems with your tenants, call me. Again, I'm Chuck Crosby with Crosby Law Offices. You can reach me at 499 6360. 499 6360. This has been a paid advertisement. Want to buy a home but are afraid of interest rates being quoted? Swan Financial Home Loans can help you. Here's Randy Rocky. We know buyers want to purchase and we can help you with your interest rate. Swan has a 5-1 arm that can put your interest rate in the 5% range. Want another option? There's a 2-1 buy down where you have two points off the first year and one point off of the second year and then you go back to the normal interest rate. Certain restrictions may apply. Don't be afraid of today's interest rates. Swan Financial can help you. Call 645-0736, NMLS 26362-2473. You probably don't think you spend much time in your home's nasty crawl space, but you really do. That moldy air passes right through your floors and in your family's living area, causing allergies and more. Let Aqualock remove the mold and debris, disinfect your crawl space, and install an airtight barrier, giving you back a healthy home environment with clean, fresh air. It'll even pay for itself in 10 years with utility savings, and your floors will feel warmer in the winter. Call Aqualock today for your free inspection. 495-9450. People often think that real estate agents market and sell the same way, but they don't. I'm Barbara Corcoran and I've worked with the best agents throughout the country. Having a local real estate agent who offers great marketing and options to fit your needs is smart. 
in Louisville, the agents I trust and you should hire are Bob and Greg Sokola. If I were selling in Louisville, Bob and Greg would be my guys. You deserve the best there is. Bob and Greg, go to WeSellLouisville.com. News Radio 840 WHAS, Bob Sokola, the Louisville Real Estate Show, here till the top of the hour. With us is Chuck Crosby from the Crosby Law Offices. They do a great job of getting loans closed. And Chuck also does a number of other things, including wills. And we've talked about those a couple of weeks in a row now. It's so important to make sure your will is not only up to date, but also that the uh, the heirs and the family knows where that will is. It's an important part of it. So you can reach Chuck again at 499-6360. Also, again, Andy here. Andy Wilson in for Randy Rocky over at Swan Financial. He's a loan officer over there. You can reach him directly at 270-933-2280. Are mice becoming a problem in your house? Well, Samantha wrote in this. She said, I've seen signs of mouse activity around my home. I'm not sure what attracts mice other than food and how are they getting in? How do I get rid of them? I had the same problem. I ended up calling an exterminator um to try to rid them i put those traps down and we talked about these a couple of weeks ago with traps with peanut butter but uh, the the story is that mice are attracted to almost any easily accessible food so before setting mouse traps this report says it looks it helps to look around the spaces to see if there are any exposed food items that mice could be feeding on and then they like to eat just about everything including meat but they do also like peanut butter now, although mice typically eat grains, seeds, fruits, their diet isn't selective. And in fact, mice can even feast on paper, electrical wiring, and cardboard to stave off hunger. If you have any holes, wherever they are, get some stuff. You can go to Home Depot or uh, Lowe's or any big box store and ask them what will plug up a hole and prevent mice from coming through it. And you just put it in one of those tubes that uh, you click on and it shoots out get it into the hole, seal up the holes around the house, go there with uh, before it gets too cold and before it starts freezing and seal that up and hopefully you'll have a better, and then buy the mouse traps and have those handy. Yeah. Uh, keep in yeah. mind, Bob, they also yeah. enjoy uh, diving equipment. Oh, the rubber on the diving equipment? They do. They really? love that stuff. Yeah. Uh, I, guess, oh, uh, I don't know whether they pad their nests or what they do with it, but we had a mouse and it uh, ate up a good portion of, uh, no. of uh, some wetsuits and, and that sort of thing. I'm keeping my gear in a, special, in a suitcase that's just designed to go with me on the go to dive. So yep. they got to get through the suitcase first, so we'll see what that happens. All right, Andy, back to you. Thomas, thinking about buying his first home next year, he said... In an email to us, he's currently making, and I'll give you these numbers, and he might not be able to do this on the fly. He makes 40000 a year. He has 30000 in savings, no credit card debt, except he has a $12,000 car loan. And he's wondering how much house can he purchase, and what would his price range be? Well, unfortunately, with the way interest rates are going, the, it, it's going up and it's going down and going up and up. Can you come up with any, what's the formula that you use that maybe Thomas can come up with when he reviews this? Yeah, no, I mean, it, it's something, you know, it's a case by case basis, right? I mean, yep. there, there are some unknowns, you know, what, what does your credit report look like? Um, you know, what, what is your credit? I mean, you have some really strong points there. I mean, 40,000 a year. Uh, is that, is that correct? Yep. Um, yeah. I mean, that's, that's a good income, right? I mean, you've got 30,000 to put down. Uh, that's, that's a lot of money for a first time home buyer to put down. 
um, you know, those are all great things, right? Um, as far as, you know, you're, you're looking to buy your house, your first house in the next, what you said, six, six months. Is that correct? something like that? Yeah. He's in that time zone where he's starting to look and he's wondering yeah. how much can he afford? Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, that's, that's kind of an impossible question without outlook, yeah. without looking at everything. Um, what's the rule of thumb for your income? I know Dave Ramsey had one rule of thumb that seems to be how many times your income of a home should you be looking for? Do you remember right. offhand what the latest is? Uh, you know, and that, that's something that you would have to talk to your financial advisor about mm -hmm. for your specific situation. I'll tell you, you know, ratios get kind of crazy with all the different products, you know, a rule of thumb, your total debts, including the house payment, principal interest, your estimated taxes, and then your insurance as well. Um, about 45% on the back end uh, for, you know, home ready, home possible, 49. I've seen them go up to 49. Uh, it just depends on whether the automated underwriting system likes, uh, the, the algorithm likes what we're putting in for your specific scenario, right? If we yeah. go FHA, I mean, you're looking at about uh, 56.5% on the back end. Now that's your total debts, including your principal interest taxes and insurance payment on the home. That's kind of the rule of thumb that we use. Now there are front end ratio um, stipulations as well. I mean, it really, it really depends, yeah. right? Well, I would, here's what I would say as, as not a mortgage loan officer, but I would tell you, Thomas, you need to go with something that makes you comfortable with the monthly payment. That's what really it, it comes down. If you're going to be in debt over your head, you're not going to enjoy life. So what I think you do is you call a loan officer like Andy, he'll give you the details. Uh, but also if you've got an accountant or somebody, a finance advisor that will help you, I think that's the way to go. That way you're protected. All right, let's move on. All right, Chuck, the Marina is buying a home in Henry County for cash called her insurance company. And by the way, cash is a key word, word as mm -hmm. you'll hear come back up, call the insurance agent <clears throat> to let, the agent know that she needed the policy. The agent was coming back from a vacation, so he would not be able to ensure uh, and issue the policy until after closing. That insurance agent suggested that she delay the closing by a day, but the sellers declined to delay, citing that they had to buy another house. So Marina took ownership of the home, and just as luck would have it, a terrified deer crashed through the sliding glass door in the back of her home after closing. And so as a result, Marina is wondering, is there any chance the insurance company would pay for the damage? No. No way, right? I can't imagine. Um, if I were their attorney, I'd tell them no. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's that simple. If you buy a house without insurance and something happens before you have an insurance policy in plate, you're just out of luck. So I, I think this serves, and the reason I mentioned this question is I know we couldn't answer it verbatim because, of, you know, insurance companies. Mm -hmm. But would you not agree that if an, an insurance agent says to you, I'm on vacation or I can't get to this right now, there's go to another agent. There are a lot of other insurance agents and there maybe are. somebody who works with your insurance agent that he could recommend for you to go to. And Don't ever the, buy a home. Yeah. 
with the uh, yeah, I'm I'm not too thrilled with what you know the agent saying. Hey, just push off closing, but that's yeah. kind of key. He said push off closing. He didn't say don't worry about it. Yeah. If he said don't worry about it, well, that yeah. might open a few toeholds. But if he said push off closing, well, then you know, frankly, if you were going to close, I'd I'd be hopping onto another agent right quick. Yeah. Um, but and, and listen, th- there's nothing wrong with going to another agent if your agent can't help you in the the real estate business if uh one of our agents or myself is busy there i have a backup of other agents who would i would talk to them and have them take over because the last thing you want is your client in the lurch which is what happened with with uh marina so and but check with your insurance agent first folks if they can't help you in the time that you need it then ask them if they have someone who's covering for them, because typically they will. Yeah. And above all, never buy a home without insurance unless you're, you're looking. Now, again, with your the mortgage, Andy, you'll agree, insurance yeah, is going to be required. Happen. Yeah, it's got yeah. ha- to be oh, required. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, as yeah. a matter of fact, we don't even get documents from a lender. Uh, they won't even um, you know do the CDs or anything until insurance is already not an issue. Yeah, and... I remember twice in my career of 18 plus years, cash closings, and I leaned over to the um, the buyer. I said, well, who's your insurance company? What's in place? And they go, well, I haven't established an insurance yet. I said, okay, hold on. We're stopping right now for a moment. I sent the buyer outside to contact her insurance company because they're paying cash, so they don't have to have an insurance policy to get something written up and documented so that they're covered before they sign on the the dotted line there. So it's, it's crazy, but all right, we have another question. This one, and this is interesting. This could happen to anybody. Betsy uh, emailed us as hearing different stories about how good her credit needs to be to get a mortgage in past years. Betsy admits her credit rating was not good, but she's been working on it. So in this case, this this should be a pretty simple, easy one to answer, Andy. What's the minimum her credit rating needs to be to get a loan? And let's talk about both the conventional FHA and maybe even VA. What can you give us as the spread for a minimum for credit rating? Yeah, so so there there are two different things, right? I mean, first there are the minimum requirements for you know FHA, conventional VA, USDA. Uh, then there are also additional lender overlays. So if we if we do hit that minimum, and we're not much above the minimum, we got to find a bank that's going to take it, right? Um, so typically FHA, um, VA, those are going to be 580. Um, now, if you're below 580 and you've got compensating factors, you've got a lot of money in the bank, you have a, a long um, history of paying your rent on time, every time, no lates whatsoever. Um, you know, if you've got compensating factors there, there may be something that we can do for you with like a manual underwrite or something like that. Um, conventional financing uh, is going to be 620 minimum. Now, if you're at a 620, most banks are going to require that you put 20% down. So for conventional financing, you really want to be, uh, you know, 700 or above, but we can get it done at 620. Um, USDA, I believe it's 640, um, mm-hmm. but also you're going to want compensating factors at that minimum as well. Um, you know, do you do you have three months reserves in the bank? One month reserves equals one monthly one payment um, 
you know, it's the equivalent of what your house payment will be, principal, interest, taxes, and insurance, right? You have one month of reserves after you put your down payment and your closing cost. Do you have three months? Do you have six months? Um, you know, a lot of compensating factors there. So Yeah. So, and a couple of quick things. They, you're now able to use the history on paying rent that's now being allowed. So, if you've got a good history of paying your rent on time, I'm, I hear that that can be included in the factors. And the other thing is, remember, folks, the higher your credit score, the better your interest rate that you're going to be quoted. It just is a simple matter of uh, fact here, right? Absolutely. All right. Uh, a couple of quick reminders as we wrap thing up, things up. If you want to uh, see what uh, sellers are saying about us, you can head to LouisvilleSellersTalk.com. It's over on the YouTube channel. You'll see some of the sellers that we've talked to. Also, if you want to see a rebroadcast of the show to share with friends and family, something that uh, struck your fancy or of interest, you can go to LouisvilleAnswers.com. And if you want to talk about getting your home on the market, you can go online to BobSellMyHome.com and or call me at 376-5483. You can also reach Chuck Crosby at the Crosby Law Offices for closings, wills. He's entertaining. He's educational, and he's a great guy. On top of that, you can reach our guy anytime, Chuck Crosby, at his phone number, 499-6360. That's 499-6360. And then for Andy Wilson, 270-933-2280. That's uh, Andy in for Randy over at Swan Financial. Almost wrong, right? 270-933-2280. We're out of time. See you next Sunday on News Radio 840 WHAS.